The saying goes, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, duh. How about something a little more useful? Like, live with power long enough, and you get careless. It's like a drug. Do it long enough, and you forget it's illegal. And that's when you get caught. Darcy Parker is probably the richest woman in America. She's also the wickedest woman I ever met. Trust me, I don't say that lightly. I used to live in Hollywood. I thought I'd left all this behind me. Darcy, her stucco mansion in Beverly Hills, the pink flamingo, the sun and the sex of the tragic rich. I thought I could run away and hide among the sheep of suburbia, that ocean of clones with its media mentality and Docker's uniform. I swear, it was like being in a long episode of The Prisoner. If it hadn't been for Francine, I would have cracked up a long time ago, burned all those brick Georgians to the ground, and nuked the SUVs, mowed down the microbreweries. Francine? God, I wish that would work out. If we only had more time. But Darcy found me. I guess I always knew she would. And like a nightmare, I knew she'd never leave me alone again. Nobody walks away from Darcy Parker and lives happily ever after. Nobody I've heard of anyway. And well, I should know. At one time, oh god, I can't believe I'm saying this. Once upon a time, not so long ago, I was Darcy Parker's lover and close confidant. Quit looking at me like that. The point is, she found me. I should have known something was up when this guy walked into my life and wouldn't leave. I mean, no amount of abuse or indifference turned him off. He just clung to me like a child with those big, soapy eyes that watched me like a forbidden landscape. And when I found out he was Darcy's brother, I could have shot him. I knew no man could really be like that. Not unless he's hunting. Or he's a duck. Duck means deep underground capability. That's what Parker girls do. They infiltrate the target's life from the most unexpected, untraceable angle. Then they either strike or control the target. Usually it's an influential public figure, like a senator positioning himself to run for president. I have to watch the news tonight and see if I recognize Rachel. Francine doesn't know about ducks, but she brought up another possibility that leaves me cold. Maybe David is for real? He won't talk about his life because it's too ugly to look at? Maybe he's so badly abused 
he's an emotional cripple. That hit a little too close to home for me. There are basically two types of abuse victims in this life. Those in recovery, and those who aren't. If David needs help, I can't turn my back on him. I just can't. So, the million-dollar question is, who is David? Is he a cry in the dark? Or just very good at his job? Either way, I'm here for him. Because depending on what I find out, I plan to either save David or kill him. When Darcy updated her security surveillance for this place, I was in charge of the contracting. I made sure there were enough blind spots to allow me to move in and out of the property without being detected. Darcy never knew. Careless. I feel funny in these clothes. You look good, Narmani. You always have. I look like a gigolo. I can't have my own brother walking around looking like a delivery boy now, can I? What would the servants think? Darcy, you don't care what the servants think. You're right. But you still look nice. Can we talk about Kachu now? I'd rather talk about you. When are you coming into the family business with me? Darcy, you use sex to manipulate and destroy people. What kind of business is that? The lucrative kind. Where do you think the new money comes from this world, dear boy? Charity? What you're doing is wrong. What I'm doing allows you to walk around the garden discussing philosophy. You know little brother. You were a lot more fun before you found religion. Darcy, about Kachu... I heard you gave a reading of your poetry at school. Why didn't you invite me? I don't think you'd be interested. Why wouldn't I be interested? You're all the family I have. I would have come. I'm sorry. Everything I have is yours, David. You know that. All I ask in return is that you let me be a part of your life. I could do so much for you, David, if you let me. All I want is for you to give me your blessing with Kachu. I can't do that. Why not? Because I'm not finished with her yet. I love her, Darcy. Get over it. I think she could love me too, but we need to be able to talk to each other. I went to all that trouble to sit you next to Mira Servino last night, and you didn't even say two words to her. Not very polite. I'm not interested in anybody but Kachu, Darcy. Why can't you understand that? I love her. You love an illusion, David. You don't know her like I do. We've all made mistakes. <laughs> no, Katina didn't make mistakes. 
That's what makes her so brilliant. You're not going to help us. David, be reasonable. You can have your pick of any of the other girls I have. Those aren't toys we're talking about, Darcy. They're human beings. It's funny. You sound more like father every day. Fine. Laugh at me. I don't care. But I'm going back to Kachu and tell her everything. And maybe, just maybe, if I'm really lucky, she'll give me one more chance to show her how much I really love her. That's enough. I'm tired of this outlandish fantasy. Katina Chuvansky is not a little lost lamb who's lost her way. Maybe you think you're in love, but I guarantee you she is not. She's a lesbian, David, a cold-blooded, murdering lesbian who specializes in things you can't even imagine. Okay, fine. Forget me. I won't go near her. Just let her go and... And I'll come into the business you with no you. have no idea what you're asking me. Darcy, please. I'm begging no! you. No! Back off. I'm too far away to hear what they're talking about, but David and Darcy's little stroll suddenly turns sour. Darcy stomps into the house, screaming at the top of her lungs, with David barking at her heels like Mrs. Peter's little yip-yip dog. <laughs> he probably wants to borrow the helicopter for a hot date. I watch them disappear behind the windows and try to decide whether to move in closer or go back to the hotel. The news comes on in 20 minutes, and I really want to see this Rachel Francine is freaking over. I can still hear them yelling in the house. It's tempting. But I opt to leave. Now that I know where David is, I need time to think, plan the next move. It's important to keep the element of... Surprise. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. You've been listening to Episode 5 of Strangers in Paradise, Book 5, Immortal Enemies, by Terry Moore, adapted by Thomas DJ. Produced by Thomas DJ, Chris Honeywell, and Nicole Tomty. Sound designed by Chris Honeywell. Vanessa Van Zare was Cachu. Anna Crawford was Darcy, David Ellis was David, and Sarah Palmero was Tamby. Music provided by Jim Moon and the Eldritch Light Orchestra. This is a fan work produced with the cooperation of Mr. Moore, done solely out of love for the property. We lay no claim to the rights or characters. Please read the original series and other works by Mr. Moore, available through abstractstudiocomics.com. Please contact us at 8twinfo at gmail.com and join the conversation in the 8TW Discord. You can find the invite at 8TW.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening, and good night.